All right. Hopefully you guys are able to connect. Uh, this has been a bewildering situation for sure. Uh, as um, we've looked at our own lives and the context of what's going on in the larger frame, it's uh, also bewildering moment to moment, uh, step by step. And <clears throat> that, that leads us into, I guess, uh, uh, our message time. And if you want to catch um, the first part of the introductory elements that I offered, uh, we'll integrate those into uh, an edited video later on. But um, I did mention a few things regarding keep getting texts saying the video is stopped. It's recording live on my end. Um, next week, what we're going to do is we're going to record these on probably uh, a, a, another time, maybe earlier in the morning or on Friday or something like that. We're not sure, but we keep running into these issues and um, it's getting hard to, to keep continuity with what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, so, I'm not getting any text either way regarding whether this is working or not working. Uh, Lord only knows. Um, so I, I'm going to uh, assume that it is working. <laughs> Brian just said it's good now. Well, that's hopefully going to continue to be the case. Uh, I, I'm just going to I'm going to reset the prayer. And uh, just ask that as we begin, if you would join me, would you bow with me? Father, as we just begin this first day of the week, uh, it is bewildering for sure to consider how all of the things that we are so used to that normalize our lives and our routines uh, have completely gone out the window. Even in trying to convey a timely word to your people on this first day of the week, uh, we feel the challenges of the uncertainty of the moment. And it causes us, Lord, to lean even more into your presence. And for that, we are truly grateful. Father, we know that as we have gone through this past week and have made adjustments to the changes that have happened in, the, in, in our lives and the world around us and in the, just the unfolding of the uncertainty of how to make sense of what is happening uh, in, in our world. Uh, we pray, Father, for uh, the ability to begin to make sense through eyes that see uh, the path according to your purpose and your will and your kingdom. May our wilderness wanderings as we are going through them and as we start to clarify what you are doing, Lord, uh, continue to be uh, a place where we are finding you in surprising ways. And we just ask this morning that you would help us along that path. Father, I also want to lift up pastorally uh, uh, just areas that are um, 
needs within our church. I, I want to lift up um, Mary Shoup and the passing of her sister so suddenly. I just ask, Father, that you help her and her family as they grieve. And I want to lift up Rosemary Ziegler, who is facing um, that, that, that moment where that transition is starting to happen. And I just ask, Father, that when, it, when that day comes, uh, that you will be there to carry her across the divide. And I just pray for all of the people in the nursing homes who have to view their families through the windows and have those conversations and how heartbreaking that is. For people that are languishing and they're doing so alone in the hospitals and in the nursing homes, and there is uh, the inability to rejoin and to say farewells and to do things that we normally do when those transitions occur. For those who are languishing in the hospital who are recovering, who are recovering from COVID-19, I pray that you would continue to bless the healing process. And for those that are on the front lines in trying to minister and serve and nurse and care for and heal, uh, those who are afflicted, I just ask that you would continue to protect them and just enable them to do the things that they are called to do but do so in a way, Father, where they are not affected by the things that they're having to contend with. I just pray, Father, for all of those who are in supporting roles, whether it is in the areas of health or whether it is in, the, in just the, the simple things we take for granted, like food and, 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 and basic services. We just pray that you would watch over them. Lord, we just ask that there would be a quick conclusion to all that... Uh, we're having to go through as COVID-19 runs its course through our world. And I pray, Father, that your wisdom would prevail with those who lead and make policy decisions regarding what we can and we can't do. And Lord, we pray for governing officials and leaders that they would have your heart for the communities that they are responsible for. We pray, Father, for our people here within uh, First Christian Church and for all of the, the ways that they find their own spiritual lives disrupted by the inability to attend and to gather and to fellowship and to know the mutual encouragement and the upbuilding and the gifting and all of those things. I pray for our, our youth that they would have uh, perhaps a, a peace that passes all understanding and not be afraid and that parents could also inhabit that space alongside them. Father, I just pray that you will come into our midst in ways that maybe are unique and different because these times are, are, are different in their own way. I just pray for your help, Lord, as I uh, wanna take the things that I've prepared for and bring them to bear upon the hearts and the minds of the people that uh, will be hearing it. May you bless it and may the mystery of uh, the spoken uh, word that is the, the vehicle for all things that have to do with your realities. Uh, may that just unfold into every heart here. And Father, as I conclude, I, I would like for uh, you to lead us as we follow you uh, through the Lord's Prayer. Would you pray with me now, everyone? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, let's just let's just get started and uh, look at uh, this new message series that we're launching entitled Wandering in the Wilderness. And this is the graphic we put together for that. Uh, and you may or may not have uh, that available uh, on your computer. If, um, if you don't, it is uh, in our social media along with uh, a calendar of things that we'll be doing in the course of the week to provide content to help you along the way in your faith. And I, I, I'd encourage you to take a look at that. But if you look at the graphic here for a minute, you'll see that uh, it is uh, a picture of a dotted line that is going through landscape that is very unfamiliar. And perhaps you've seen this landscape far too many times on the news lately, where it defines what it is that we are facing uh, through images on a microscopic level of what COVID-19 might be. And as we're uh, dodging and fainting and, and moving to the left and to the right and social distancing and wearing face masks and gloves or whatever the case may be, yeah, it, it is truly a moment that we will never forget. It is a defining moment that is shaping us even as we're going through it. Uh, and as we look backward in the years ahead to this moment, we'll say, yeah, that was a time when things changed. And I hope that whenever you're able to say that, it is a time when despite everything and the adversity of it all, you can say things have changed for the better. And I truly believe that is God's aim here as it has been throughout the history of the biblical story. Because if you go through the Old Testament, you will find this phrase or this notion of wandering where God's people are called to wander in the wilderness for defined periods of time. And these are periods of time that oftentimes they weren't really aware of as far as when it would begin and when it would end. However, God knew because God is in control. And if we are going through this moment, it is because God is allowing it. And I'm guessing if he's allowing it, he's calling us to do a couple of things. One of them is to not be afraid. And the second one is to trust him. And the 23rd Psalm where we discover where he, you Lord, as David describes it, are with me in that dark valley. Perhaps we could situate ourselves there and know that in the midst of all the uncertainty, we are following a God who is certain. And my friends, we have to put our hope and our trust and our confidence in that. That said, if you're like me, uh, you're used to having a map. And I love maps. I love the way they define the the terrain and give me a sense of where I'm at and orientation. But I have to tell you right now, there is no map. And I find that a little bit disconcerting. And I shared with the elders because a lot of you have been asking me and some people have been asking me in the eldership, are you doing okay? And the fact of the matter is personally, I, I'm doing great. Um, I'm happy, my family's all with me. And that is something that um, I, I'm grateful for. We barely got Christian out of uh, an overseas situation. And along those lines, I forgot to pray a prayer of praise that the votes are back, by the way. And uh, they're, they're, they're getting resettled here. But there are numerous Americans who are abroad who are living in that, in that questionable space 
in even less sustainable situations than ourselves. And please pray for them. But that aside, I, I wanted to just recapture the thought for a second that when I was uh, training for the pastorate, I learned a lot of things about how churches uh, function, what it meant on a given Sunday to do the different rituals. And there's so much about the preparation that went into defining uh, my role and my identity as a pastor uh, that I've just taken for granted. And I would say on the personal level, I'm okay, but on the professional level, I have to tell you, I'm confused. I'm confused about how it is that you do church online. I'm confused about not meeting every Sunday. I'm confused about how to speak to an audience that I'm not pastorally uh, uh, in, in terms of the five senses uh, in, in touch with. That said, it's, it's, it's a blessing, I guess, that we have an online uh, pathway in different forms, whether it's texting or uh, phone calls or uh, just things that uh, we're able to, to access and different platforms online and even, even YouTube. So it's not like we're completely disconnected. Uh, and to the degree that we are connected, I am aware of a few things. And, and, and one of them is there, there is a sense of uncertainty that just seems to be so chronic right now. There's a, there's a lack of, uh, uh, of, our, of our ability to comprehend and make sense of what's happening. I think a lot of you have uh, gone through fear stages and, and you've, you've settled down and you've took a deep breath and you said, okay, I just got to regroup here and trust that God is in control. And once that kind of settles in, we're able to, to start the, the journey, the journey of wandering which is the journey that we are on right now. If I were to try to define what this moment is, it's a moment where there is no map, where as a pastor, my role is completely redefined. As believers, your role as gatherers is also being redefined and restructured, and it is unsettling. Yet as I've gone through the scripture, I've discovered over the years that the notion of wandering is a pretty common experience for the main players that are described in the Bible, whether it is Adam and Eve who were cast out of the garden and they had to wander, or whether it is Abraham who went from uh, Ur of Chaldees to the land that God would show him. And God didn't say, I'm gonna give you a map and this is what it looks like and here's some travel brochures, but rather God said, I will show you. And then uh, Abraham's uh, sons, um, Isaac and Jacob, uh, are described uh, uh, later on. Uh, Jacob is described as a wandering Aramean, and that was encapsulated in seven, that idea of wandering. And then if you just go through the rest of the the Bible, you find that the children of Israel wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. And the, 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 the irony is they could have reduced that wandering time considerably had they just obeyed God and trusted God right out of the gate. And what was uh, uh, something that could have been accomplished in the span of no more than a couple of years ended up being 40 years. It wasn't that 
God didn't know the way, and even Moses didn't know the way. It was that God was using this season of wandering to get the attention of his people so that they could see him and who he is and what his character is like, learn to trust him and obey him. And what God had to work with were people that were willful, <laughs> that were disobedient, that had their own notion of where the map uh, was, was, was leading and their own idea of how it is that they would find their way home. And the thing is, that hasn't changed much. And I could just go on to talk about Moses and even David spending time in the wilderness as a shepherd, uh, Elijah being in the wilderness as a prophet, and John the Baptist in the wilderness, and Jesus in the wilderness, and even the Apostle Paul in the wilderness, who after he was converted on the road uh, to Damascus, he was sent into the wilderness for three years to learn about who Jesus was and how the story of the Old Testament concentrated all of its intent upon the life of Jesus and his eyes were opened in the wilderness. And I'm hoping that if our eyes haven't been opened, they will be opened, my friends, in this wilderness moment. Let's not waste this opportunity. Let's not waste it trying to make sense of what is happening out there and concentrate on what is happening between ourselves and the Lord and our purpose for being here in the first place. God is aware of each step that we are taking in the wilderness. He knows the path and he knows the map. We don't. And that's why right now, my friends, we ought to trust him. We ought to trust him like never before at levels of our lives that perhaps run deeper than, than, than ever. And as God has stationed us in the wilderness, like the wilderness generation, I could point fingers to who I think is causing this or whether or not the coronavirus was man-made or whether it was accidental or whether this is some grand social experiment or whether this is just all for our well-being. But the truth of the matter is, I believe at the deepest depths of my being, that is all beside the point because it's really about what God is doing in your life and mine. I mean, I was pretty secure knowing that I had kind of a map and a default set of routines and habits as being a pastor and God saying, no, I'm going to rock your world. And perhaps you've seen that happen to me. But going back to the story, I realize I'm just as willful sometimes as the wilderness generation. I'm just as disobedient and I'm just as quick to kind of rush off ahead and say, this is where we're going, or this is where we need to go, and not pay attention to what is going on in the moment. You know, the wilderness, it has a definition, according to um, Mir uh, uh, Merriam-Webster, and it can be a tract or region of uncultivated and uninhabited 
spaces that human beings uh, are, are, are not a part of, it can be an area undisturbed by human activity altogether. And it has its own natural uh, organic way of becoming a space that we find very difficult to tame. The wilderness could be a pathless area or region, or it can be a bewildering situation. And I would believe that all of the above apply right here. And they are, in a sense, uh, the, the descriptors for where we are at. Now, this message is kind of introductory. And one of the biggest things that happens in, uh, in the wilderness is people either get lost and they, through being subject to elements that they are unfamiliar with and can't survive in, uh, they, 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 they go through uh, all, of the, all of the uncertainties to a point where they, they can't find food, they can't find water, uh, they are exposed to the elements, and ultimately despair kicks in and people die. And thousands upon thousands of people die in the wilderness every year, just here in the United States. 2,000 in Alaska alone every year. It's a thing, people. And it could be a thing for us. Because I know that despair kicks in in its own way in the landscape that we're inhabiting. It could be over a job. It could be over um, the fact that I am, I am disconnected from other people socially and we need people in our world. It could be that we are in that place where not only am I economically uh, feeling deprivation and socially feeling deprivation, but because I'm disconnected from my church, I am also feeling that sense of deprivation and it is killing me. Now, I don't want to go too far into that and make you feel like it's hopeless because I believe that it's not hopeless, that there are ways and they center on God. But like the wilderness generation, and my own life and my own willfulness, disobedience. The reason why the wilderness is so untamed and the wilderness is a place where God tries to get our attention is that we have no control over it. And we like to have control over our worlds, don't we? We like to think that we are in charge, that we have the answers, that we have the map. And God goes through this long, patient process in your life and mine to show us that we're not so we're not so smart after all when it comes to knowing everything the way that we think is the right way oftentimes leads to death and our willfulness sometimes we bend the rules to fit our own purposes to the point where it's our own undoing that happens in the end or the undoing of others a lot of us, when we have our, dis our routines disrupted, our lives begin to unravel and despair kicks in. It's because we feel out of control and we're so used to being in control. And we look at God and we say, God, why is it that I have to zigzag through life all the time? 
When I look at the heavens, I see that they're ordered in a very timely way. I see that the, the 365 days we rotate around the sun. I see that the moon travels around the earth in ordered and predictable ways. I see the seasons come and go in the same fashion. I see so much about your creation that is ordered, but the aspects of my creation, whether it is my personal life or whether it is a larger community or whether it is the whole world, seems to be in chaos. And the Bible says that the reason why it is in chaos is because of the original two wanderers who said, we're gonna, we're gonna redefine the map, not God's way, but our way. And they were set off into the wilderness to wander naked and afraid. And you kind of feel that way, don't you, sometimes? And it's sin. There's only one word for it. Sin is defined as missing the mark, orienting your life in a way that leads to the undoing of ourselves and of others in the larger community. And sin can be personal. It can be social. It can be global. It has so many fronts that it begins to... Uh, work on that chaos eventually ensues and now we are truly in a wilderness moment and the only people that get through the wilderness are the people that keep their eyes on God you know why because God is keeping his eyes on you now there are voices that you hear in the wilderness and sometimes they sound like voices that will lead you to a place where you can find order and safety and nourishment and protection. And sometimes those voices are just a way of misleading you. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he heard voices and those voices said, uh, just follow me and I'll show you the way. And Jesus said, the only way that there is, is the way of the Father. And he just offered three responses that were sourced in the word of the Father. And he knew that the Father was watching out for him. Recently, we had a security system put in our church because we want we want our, our help to feel safe. And uh, there's a TV screen uh, that is set up on that, uh, on the wall in Brittany's office. And it gives her an awareness of what is happening within the building so that if she's here alone and, and you know the rest of the staff we're out doing something we don't have to be worried that she doesn't know what's happening anywhere in the building except in her office see she can sit in her chair right now and she can pretty much look anywhere on the screen anywhere on the building because we have cameras all over the building now uh, and we are able to um to zoom in on different parts of the building uh whether it's uh the, the front hall or whether it's back by the kitchen and she can just click on that and she can see what is going on. Now, from my point of view, that's an awful lot of power for one person to be able to have. But on the other side of it, it gives me a lot of security uh, and, and peace of mind knowing that uh, she's going to be safe, uh, having awareness of what's going on in the building. But I, but I show this graphic for purpose because each of those squares represents your life and mine. We're out wandering around on the premises of God's creation somewhere. 
And God in his own way is able to just click on any window at any time and say, oh, you know what? There's Leonard back there wandering around in the wilderness. I got his back. But he's going to get into trouble if he doesn't pay attention to me. Because the little secret that is so obvious in Scripture to read it is that there is no other guide but God and God's Word. It is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And as it lights our paths, it lights the way through and eventually out of the wilderness. This message series is designed to help you and I through the wilderness, but it is also designed to help you understand something, that God is doing something in this moment, in your life and mine. Do not be afraid. Trust that the Lord is there. And know that he's watching out for you. The cool thing I like about this picture is not, not just what I see here as I think about God seeing you and I. It's actually what Brittany has on the side over here. You can't read it. But maybe if you look a little closer, you can. And it says a Above all else, love each other. And that, my friends, is something we do and we're called to do according to this in an even deeper way. It's great having conversations with people on the phone. It's like I am so socially deprived. I just want to talk all day to you guys. And I've had conversations with people that have been richer and deeper than ever before. And I think it's just because we're so glad to just be in contact with other human beings. We don't do this journey alone. We do it with each other. However, God enables you and I to do it whether it's a phone call, a text, or meeting in person and social distancing to the degree that you're both comfortable. And just sharing in the life and love together so we can support one another and not languish. Habakkuk says that this earth has the Lord over it in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. When I was uh, hiking with, uh, with some friends, uh, Bob Martin and some friends a while back at Isle Royale up in, up in Michigan, in the very northern part out in the middle of uh, Lake Superior, uh, I, I remember turning the corner as we were beginning to hike. And as the path opened up, I felt the majesty of God in the wilderness. It was like a, it was his cathedral. I never felt that before. And I think it's God's way of saying, as long as you know that I am with you in the wilderness, you will be okay.
And I'm here to tell you, if you cling to him and we cling to each other, we'll be okay. But here's the last question. What voice are you listening to right now? Is it a voice that is a representative of the things of God? Or is it a voice that is just echoing in its own echo chamber on television or elsewhere that is stoking your fears? Be silent and listen for the voice that will not only keep you alive, but the voice that will help you to thrive. God is watching. When Jesus was done with his time in the wilderness and his testing and his ability to tune out other voices and tune into the right voice, the scripture says, then the Holy Spirit came. Well, then the angels came and they ministered to him because they were watching the whole time. God's watching you, my friends. And let's watch out for one another. Would you bow with me? Father, I just pray for our people that you would bless them. And for those that are tuning in, that you would bless them. And for those that are tuning in, and to have just never really tuned into you and sat silent and said, God, are you there? Are you real? Are you true? And God, I pray especially for those that if they're hearing this for the first time, that you speak to their hearts at a very deep level. I pray for our people that we would love one another deeply. And I pray for your word to become the source for how we navigate the wilderness. I ask, Father, that you renew our passion as you are renewing us in this season for the things that you're doing in the lives that are naked and afraid in this wilderness moment. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you made all of this and even more possible through what you've accomplished on that bloodstained cross and in that empty tomb. You've shown us the way. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're just going to take a minute. Uh, for those of you who want to uh, tune out, that's fine. But we're going to move into communion. And I'm hoping in the next uh, few weeks we can get uh, our elders to be able to put a, a, a communion meditation together um, and just take some semblance of what we're familiar with and recapture that online even though we know that it is different in its own way. And so if you have a moment um, and you want to uh, take some time and, and uh, reflect on the things of the Lord, to know that the Lord is sitting on his throne and that he calls the whole earth to be silent before him, I can just imagine us having a moment of reflection together where we are silent before him as he sits on his holy throne and as his son who wandered in the wilderness returned and now sits on that throne beside him, King of Kings and Lord of Lords and your savior and mine and our friend and the one who makes everything about this moment hopeful and possible. 
We take the bread that reminds us of his presence here on earth, the physicality of his body, and the fact that he has gone through very similar types of experiences that have elicited a range of all kinds of emotions, from fear to anger, to joy, to sorrow, to grief, to celebration, and everything in between. And in the end, a body that knew that whole range of emotions was eventually broken for you and I. And it was for the purpose of rescuing and setting us free from the captivity that we had. And so as we take the, the loaf, we are reminded of his death on the cross and his body broken for you and I as a gesture of his deep and great love that he has for us. And so we trust him as our savior as we take this together. And also, Lord Jesus, we know that the zigging and zagging that we do through life is a result of our own sin. And the need to have forgiveness and reconciliation with you and with each other. And how your sacrifice on the cross enabled us to experience that. As you broke the curse of the first wanderers and you set us free. And then you became the source for a new life and a new beginning. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that your blood was shed for us. That you laid down your life for us. And in a moment like this, when we lean on you the most, we can not only know your love, but trust that as you knew the way then, you'll continue to know the way as we go through this moment as well. We thank the Lord Jesus for what he gives us in terms of forgiveness and reconciliation. Amen. All right, you guys, just uh, keep in mind, we're wondering, but we're not wondering alone. God's got our backs in ways that we can stay engaged. <laughs> include this graphic that Brittany put together that defines how we can do things together during the week. And I'd like to invite you on Tuesdays and Thursdays for lunch uh, to meet on Facebook Live. The instructions are right there on our social media uh, for kids to be checking on Wednesdays for what Matt's got together for you and uh, how we can help parents be equipped. And for Fridays, the videos that we're putting out for kids that will help them uh, in their journey as well. And then, of course, we'd love to see you back here again Sunday until times change or things change. Hopefully, this is helping you to stay connected, uh, not only to your church, uh, but with each other. You guys have a great week. We love you guys. And we're praying for you. And we'd love to pray for things specifically. So text us, call us, email us uh, if, um, if, we, if, if we're not in contact with you. You guys take care. We love you. Goodbye.